I think that one of the girls turns into a bear and then spends uh-huh. some time doing bear things, like rummaging through garbage, <laughs> sleeping in caves. <laughs> Welcome to Anamorphous Discussion, a podcast that you are currently listening to. Mm, now that I is. am your host, Robin, and joining me are my <laughs> two regular co-hosts, <laughs> Jessica. Hey. And Katie Treggs. Hello. Katie, welcome to another episode that you of the show that you are the, the co-host on. Yes, welcome. I am definitely the co-host. <laughs> you are you are the regular co- you and jessica are my two regular co-hosts i just want that to be clear to everyone both on yeah. the call and listening yeah why, why mean, would that not be clear i don't understand why you know i clarify. Just, i just wanted to make sure that that was just you know like clear like the visor one being the the most important visor thing i didn't want anyone to be confused Ooh. okay the two regular co-hosts on the show three. are yeah. Jessica and Katie Treggs. Right. You are co-host is one, and then Jessica's co-host two. Is that the numbering? <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. I'm the host. Oh, you're host. I think Robin I'm... is the host, and then Katie, you and I are both co-hosts number one. Oh. Yeah, that's how that works. That's nice. I like that. But is that, is that how... consistent with the Yerk? ranking system robin <laughs> uh no i guess in the york ranking system i would be visor one and you would both be sub visors oh. okay but i don't you know we haven't gotten really far into the york rankings so far we just sort of learned we just sort of learned that the sub visors exist in book six so i don't really want to like jump ahead too much but I definitely know exactly how your rankings work, and don't even try to question me on it, because I know all of it. <laughs> I believe that you do. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> I have a question. What what book is this that we're on? <laughs> <laughs> we're on book seven. Oh, The okay. Stranger. Uh, but before we get into it, Jessica, explain book six to Katie. Okay. So, to start with, I'll tell you the title of book six. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, yep, you're doing great. It's, uh, hold on, no, I do know what it is. Mm-hmm. I made the you captive? guess what it was about. Close. Was it the captive? So, so close, but entirely wrong. Wow, okay. The captor. Better. The capture. Yes. Okay. Oh, you did it. That was super close. <laughs> yeah, okay. I know. I'm sorry. It was okay. much closer than so, <laughs> so it was called The Capture. And what happens in it is Mm-hmm. God. Okay. Here's exactly what happens from start to finish. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um the kid whose brother is a controller is worried about his brother. And so he's, like, spying on him and turns into a cockroach. And I'm pretty sure those things are unrelated. 
Um, but anyway, he's spying on his brother, and then the Animorphs figure out something with the hospital is about to go down, where, like, the Yurks are about to use the hospital as, like, a, a controller factory, basically. So they decide to, like, go into the hospital and try to stop this plan from happening, and all the while, the kid whose brother is a controller is worried about his brother. And then that kid, like, falls into a Yurk pool while they're trying to kill all the Yurks <gasps> in it. And wait, he gets yurked. Jake's brother and, fell into the pool? Oh, wait. which No, Jake. 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 Like, yeah. one of the Animorphs falls into a yurk pool and gets yurked. Oh, no. And so then, the reason they find out that he's a controller is because yurks and Andalites apparently hate each other so much that they, like, physically recoil from one another. So, like, the Andalite boy puts his hand on Jake's shoulder, and Jake, like, physically recoils. And so the Andalite is like, oh, that's a controller. Like, don't question me. I know this for sure from this one human interaction, even though I'm terrible at reading human, like, facial expressions. (laughs) Yes. So then they decide to, like, starve the Yurk out of him because the Yurks have to return to their, like, weird Yurk pools to get their gamma radiation. That's not what it's called, but you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Yeah. To get their, like, radiation rays or whatever every, I think it's, like, three days. So they're like, okay, the easy way to do this is just to, like, keep Jake by himself for three days and, like, don't let the Yurk get back to the Yurk pool and then it'll die and it'll just, like, fall out of him. Um, so they keep him, so like, in a barn. So what could possibly go wrong? Okay, sorry. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they keep him, like, in a barn or a shed or something, and he makes a couple of escape attempts, but, like, it doesn't work. And the whole time, Andalite Boy has, like, acquired Jake and is, like, walking around pretending to be Jake. And my biggest complaint about that book is that we don't get to see that. Because, like, <laughs> I imagine that was incredible. That, like, this yeah. alien kid trying to be... and Because, like, I, I think he had to, like, go to school for Jake and stuff. Maybe it was mm. over the weekend. I don't remember. But, like, definitely he had to, like, interact with his family and with his brother, who is still yurked, and, like, be an Andalite pretending to be human. And Seriously. I feel like that would have been magical to witness. But, like, that's from, not what we saw. From what I remember, like... The guy, the Andalite boy, he had already acquired Jake because he's, like, a combination of all of them, right? Yeah. Uh, Although he had to reacquire Jake because of some nonsense. Yeah, we talked about that last time, that uh, for some reason, the the first DNA that he acquired, my assumption is that once he merged it all into one DNA strand, he could no longer, hmm. like, separate it. So, okay. so like I said, because of some nonsense, he had to reacquire Jake. That makes I mean, sense. it does never explain it, so but that's the nonsense that I came up with. Does the Andalite boy have all of their, like, memories and stuff? No. Or that's not how that works? Mm-mm. Okay. No, they're just basically another animal, and he has their instincts, but nothing else. Damn. So, yeah, so that would be hilarious. Yeah. yeah. And, like, he got coaching from the other Animorphs that were, like, his friends to be like, oh, this is how Jake would act. But, like, we don't actually – at least Robin didn't say that, like, there were any scenes where we got to see him being Jake, which I feel like would have been so good. Oh, my God. So Hopefully yeah. we hear some of, like, the fallout of that, like, the fallout of the shenanigans in this book, but we'll see. What? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. There is a scene that I didn't cover at the end of the book where Jake is back home eating dinner and his mom's like, aren't you hungry? And he's like, oh, yeah, sorry, I'm just distracted. And she's like, I mean, for the past three days, you've been eating like crazy. You loved my steak and potatoes, or as you called them, toes, tatoes, and stuff. So, like, he was obviously not a perfect impression of Jake, but at the same time, apparently Tom did not notice, so... 
Oh my God. At any point during that time period, somebody could have said to him, who are you and what have you done with Jake? And it would have been so relevant. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, that would have been so good. (laughs) Can I say, can I just say how happy I am that Jessica did not remember Jake's name and that Katie remembered both Jake and Tom's names? (laughs) Wait, which one's Tom? (laughs) Jake's brother. <laughs> oh, I did not remember Jake's brother's name. No, I think you she definitely called him Jake's said it. Brother did I say Tom, Tom out loud? You did. Oh, wow. Yeah. We'll, we'll play back the recording. Yeah, I don't, remember, I don't <laughs> think that's true. I'm that's pretty awesome. sure you did. I love it. Anyway, I also love that. That's why yeah. we're tied for co-host number one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but well, don't I, I bring your... the sarcasm, but Katie brings all the details. Yeah. Mm. I thought That's I brought fun. the details. <laughs> mm, Katie brings the details that I care about. That's yeah. fair. Little <laughs> calm a little calm B. <laughs> um, uh, okay. So now Jake's back to normal. Yeah. Dope. He's been de yeah. And there's all sorts of, like, yerk political nonsense that I just, like, didn't even mention, but eh. Yep. That's pretty much <laughs> it. <laughs> well, that's fine. This isn't about that. This is about no. this, the stranger... sorry can you say that one more time (laughs) the stranger (laughs) big fan big fan i didn't name Uh, the book a creepy title okay that's that's a great point uh i i'm gonna send you all the cover because we haven't done that in a while it's not a particularly (gasps) terrifying cover but it is weird what oh i love it terrifying no i hate it, this is my favorite one so far i love it it's continuing the theme of these books where like the only human thing is the chin just yeah. i and the what eyes. i like most about it is that it just looks mm-hmm. like a really sad bear it does <laughs> look like a very sad bear it looks like, like it looks it like looks this like... bear <laughs> go on I feel like it looks like this bear woke up and, like, realized that it was slowly morphing into a human or, like, slowly just losing all of its bear fur and was like, aww, yeah. shucks. <laughs> like, that's what's going on here. Is this bear just woke up and was like, oh, it's human day. Oh, no, not again. <laughs> See, Every I feel full it moon. looks like a person put on a bear pelt and then, like, a little bear nose. And they were like, this is good enough. <laughs> this, this will Everyone fool, will this buy will this. fool them all. Yeah. See, I feel like it's it's a bear who has just like suddenly become burdened by all of the just like all of the existential dread of of humanity, mm. and so is becoming human. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what makes uh, us human. Okay. Yeah, okay, existential we... dread. Everyone knows that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> we yeah. also introduced a new segment uh, last week. Where, based just on the title and the cover, I guess, 10 words or less, tell me what you think this book is about. I'm going to let Jessica go first, only because she did it last week, so she's probably got a good handle on this. Yeah, oh, shit. Uh, I do not have a good handle on it. I think this one is about... <sighs> 10 words or less, it... fewer. Words <laughs> or fewer. Well, that's not going to happen for sure. Um, is it too early for another Andalite to be introduced? Probably, I right? Don't, I don't know. <laughs> So I so I mean clearly it's like a new character, like a new important character is going to be introduced, um, and I think it'll either be, I mean it seems wild for it to be another Andalite, so it's probably not going to be another Andalite, but maybe it'll be someone who like knows what's going on somehow and like is helping the Animorphs for some reason. Mm. Okay, Katie. 
Um, I don't know how this relates to the title at all, but based on the cover, I think that one of the girls turns into a bear and then spends uh-huh. some time doing bear things, like rummaging through garbage, <laughs> sleeping in caves. <laughs> doing bear things is, like, that's... That's going to be my new, like, status on everything. Like, anything where I can set an away status, the away status is going to be doing bear things. Doing, doing bear, bear things. things. You know, just living living a bear life. Yeah, uh, living my best bear life. Oh, and then maybe the stranger is, like, she meets another bear, and they make friends. They <laughs> make friends, and then the other bear is tragically <laughs> shot by the Yerks. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah, Don't yeah, tell Amber. <laughs> okay, great. Both of you gave excellent answers. Neither of you stayed within ten words, but that's fine. <laughs> that was impossible. It, I, I just... It's just that we're already at 16 minutes and I thought I could make it quick. Okay. <laughs> now you know how I feel every time I ask you all to do the to recap on Bitches and Liches. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, please, one sentence, recap of Bitches and Liches, and then ten minutes later, we're just getting to the episode. I thought yeah. my recaps were pretty good. Mm. Okay, so book seven, The Stranger. <laughs> it starts with the stupid thing that all they that they all start with. This is a good one. This book is from Rachel's perspective. Rachel, obviously, of course, you both remember Rachel is Jake's cousin. Mm-hmm. I did not remember that. She is Cassie's best friend, and she is the reckless one who's sort of like Xena. Marco keeps calling her Xena Warrior Princess. Is she the one who has uh, hawk feelings for Tobias? Yes. Cool. And also is into gymnastics. That's okay. Rachel. So Rachel and Cassie are at, I, I don't know why I wrote the zoo, because it's the circus. They're at the circus. Come on. Uh, Rachel. <laughs> Rachel's parents are divorced, uh, so... Every other weekend, her dad takes her and her two sisters to do, you know, a thing, a bonding thing. So this is their every other weekend bonding activity, and Rachel brought Cassie. And before the circus, uh, Rachel and Cassie saw the elephant trainer mistreating his elephants mm. with using a cattle prod on them. Not cool. And it made them both very upset. So after the circus, they sneak into the elephant pen and Rachel morphs into an elephant mm-hmm. because she has an elephant morph. And when the trainer comes by, she pushes the other elephants aside, picks them up with her trunk and says, Hey, I'm from the International Elephant Police, and we hear that you've been mistreating your elephants. You're lying right now. Wait, she I am not says lying. that out loud in words and she's an elephant? She says it in thought speak. She, so she says she says this into his head, like picks him yeah. up as an elephant and yep. says into his head, I'm with the International Elephant Police. Yep. Shut the fuck up. You're lying. She's... No, I'm not lying. It sounds like some, something I would make up, but no. Like I said, this is a good one. Remember, Rachel's <laughs> also the one who stomped on cars at the, at the car lot when Tobias was trying to free a bird. Whoa, I don't Again. remember that. Again, as an elephant. That was in oh, book yeah. three. Isn't she also the one that turns halfway into an elephant to scare a guy away? Yeah. She loves her elephant morph. It's legit. I feel like I would like to be an elephant. Yeah. Such majestic creatures. Anyway, she picks him up and she's like, hey, 
international elephant police, don't mistreat your elephants. And the guy's like, but they belong to me. And she's like, wrong answer. And like shakes him around a bit. (laughs) And then he's like, okay, okay, I won't. And she's like, great. And then she throws him like 20 feet away. Of course. He lands safely on top of a tent, it says. Okay. Uh, Where's Cassie? Is she also an elephant? Cassie is there, just sort of, like, in the background off to the side, being Rachel's, not exactly moral support. Rachel D. Morrison, Cassie's like, okay, now can we go home? Like, she's not really (laughs) trying to talk her out of it or anything. She's just like, no, I get it. It makes me upset, too. But, like, ugh, I don't know. And then Rachel morphed the elephant and did the thing. So, that's the stupid thing that it starts with. Hmm. All right. And they go. Then they go home, and there are no repercussions for the thing that just happened. Of there course. never are. Okay, so the main plot of the book starts. Uh, the gang meets up at the in the woods to meet up with Axe, because remember Axe lives in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, and Marco and Tobias reveal that they've been tailing known controllers, and they found a new entrance to the Yerk Pool. Uh, Classic. Marco. Like, Tobias follows them from the air, and then when they go inside a building, Marco goes in and sees where they go. So, the entrance is in a dressing room at the Gap, <laughs> and then the exit is in a movie theater, because more people come out. When, when a movie lets out, more people come out than went in, says hmm. Tobias. So, if you remember, the Yerk Pool is like the size of a football field, and there's uh stairs and ramps and tunnels all along the outside like going to a lot of different places it's under half the town and you know they don't know where all the entrances are so they found this entrance and this exit um now no one has a good reason to go down there (laughs) Uh, so they all go down there well the last time they were down there was in book one when they were trying to save tom and they all basically almost died and tobias got trapped with a hawk forever so, right. like, there's not a great reason to go down there. And then Rachel's talking to Axe, and she's like, well, what about the Candrona? Oh, I forgot to even correct any of the things that you said about the last part, Jessica. I'm sorry. Uh, what? That's fine. What's I feel Candrona? like I nailed it. Those so, are the rays that the Yerks need. Yeah, you said gotcha. that they absorb gamma radiation, which is not I also said that right. I knew that wasn't what it was, and that I, I didn't care. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Uh, no, they absorb Candrona rays, and so the Candrona replicates the sun from their home world, and they need Candrona rays every three days or they will die. Um, so Rachel's like, maybe if we take out the Candrona, then that'll really hurt the Yerks, and Axe is like, yeah, but it could be, like, they could be beaming Candrona rays to that Yerk pool from anywhere, like, they're probably not gonna keep it right by the Yerk pool, it could be miles away. And they're like, yeah, I mean, we go down there, we spy it out. And maybe we get some clues about where the Candrona is. And everyone's like, sure, fuck it, whatever. Let's (laughs) do that. That's terrible. Uh, I just want to briefly touch on what the B-plot of this is. Uh, Like I said, Rachel's parents are divorced. Uh, Her dad is, she lives with her mom and her two sisters. Her dad is a news anchor. And he lets, he comes over for dinner one day and reveals that he got a new job as a lead anchor in another state, in another city, a thousand miles away. And mm-hmm. so Rachel is very upset because, oh, sorry, go ahead. Um, no, I mean, I just said, mm-hmm. but I will say what would be oh. amazing is that if the other B plot is that the mom comes home and she's like, guess what? I have a new boyfriend and it's the elephant trainer. <laughs> 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 uh, 
No, that's the C plot, and that doesn't come in till the end. Okay. In the R.L. Stein twist ending. <laughs> K.A. Applegate and R.L. Stein teamed up on this one. Uh, but Rachel's always been really close to her dad, and she's very upset. And then her dad comes and talks to her, and he's like, I was talking to your mom about this, and the city where I'm moving to, there's this really famous uh, gymnastics coach there, and you could, like, you could move in with me, like... You oh, could come snap. live with me. And, like, I talked to your mom about it, and she says it's up to you, And but if you, you know, wanted to do more with the gymnastics, and it would be pretty fun, you know? And she can see, like, her dad is really lonely. Like, he doesn't want to move to a city by himself, and even though this is a great opportunity for him. And so now most of this book is Rachel... Well, not most of this book. The B-plot of this book is Rachel debating whether to upset her mom or her dad. And should she abandon being a part of the Animorphs and just pretend that she's a normal kid and move to this other city and just, you know, leave? Wouldn't she miss being an elephant? She would probably (laughs) miss being an elephant. To try to clear her mind, she morphs into an owl and flies away. (laughs) Sure, that makes sense. I wish I could do. And she goes and talks to Tobias, scaring him because owls fly completely silently, animal fact. Yep. Uh, and And she's like breaking in the air like to to land on him he wakes up and thinks that she's trying to kill him so it's hilarious and she's like no no it's me rachel he's like why not say something anyway i have a question i don't know if this has been addressed before um Mm -hmm. is the city that they're in the only place on earth that has a york pool they don't know um but it does seem to be sort of like the home base of the york invasion okay Hmm. Um, I think they assume it's like the only place on Earth with where the it, it's definitely the central location for the invasion, but they don't really get into like how many other Yerk pools there might be until probably later in the series. I think. And does it does it ever say like what city they live in? No. In okay. fact, in every book they say my name is you know insert name here my name is jake and that's all i can tell you about myself i can't tell you what town i live in or what my last name is or anything like that because the yurks are everywhere and they might know uh and then he proceeds to say we're humans fighting the yurks and not andalites so you know it sort of betrays its own purpose are these books (laughs) written in first person address uh yes well, no, only the first, like, paragraph is written, like, to the reader. The rest is okay. just regular first person. Okay. Yeah. So, Rachel's talking to Tobias, and she doesn't exactly tell him what's going on, but she's asking him, like, what he thinks. You know, he's like, eventually we're all gonna have to grow up and go to college and leave and whatever. Except you, of course, you're a hawk forever. She doesn't <laughs> say that, but... You're she, part. Yeah. And he's like, I guess I kind of figured it would all be over by then, either we win or we lose and that's the end of it you know anyway and then she's like how could i have thought you know about leaving and leave tobias living in the forest and leave cassie to fight and maybe die so that i could leave leave them because i because my dad was lonely and i could take gymnastics classes that's not right uh and then she goes to the gardens which is the combination zoo slash amusement park she goes there by herself and acquires a grizzly bear (laughs) just because just because that's what i do when i've had a bad day yeah, you go get a grizzly. You go get a bear. right up. Mm-hmm. She does say, like, because bears, she, she's like, because it's a fearless predator, and she wants to be fearless. 
like everyone thinks she is. Nah, bears get scared too. <laughs> I've never seen one scared. What are you talking about? They they hide it, but like bears bears have feelings, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure bears probably have feelings. Animal facts. Bears animal have fears. Facts, ba- <laughs> bears have That's a good animal fact. That is a good animal fact. <laughs> Anyway, now we're back to the main plot of them getting into the Yurk pool. Here's how they decide to do it. They, in their everyday lives, they uh, don't, they try not to, like, act like a group. They don't want to seem, you know, like they're all suddenly hanging out together all the time. So they stay in the groups that they were in before they became Animorphs. So Rachel and Cassie hang out together because they're best friends. And Marco and Jake hang out together. Tobias is kind of a non-issue <laughs> it's anymore. It's gone and nobody cares. Tobias is just gone and nobody cares. Harsh. Um, so they all go to the mall separately. Uh, Ra- I mean, Rachel and Cassie go together, but and, and Jake brings Axe, and Marco goes on his own, and they make their way into the gap one by one, uh, or two by two, depending on if they're a pair or not. <laughs> and then they get to the dressing room, and then they morph into cockroaches. Of course. I wrote a note here. Hang on, let me just read you my notes verbatim. <laughs> the gang goes to the mall in pairs, make their way to the dressing room in ones or twos, and morph to cockroaches. And then underneath that I wrote, this is a terrible plan. <laughs> um, for one thing, what if someone's in the dressing room? For another, like, how do they know that no one's going to try to get into the dressing room in between them getting into the dressing room? Mm-hmm. Also, didn't they just get caught, like, found out as cockroaches in the last book? Yeah, but, like, there's lots of cockroaches. Anyway. Okay. The other thing is that all of their clothes are left behind in the dressing room. Mm-hmm. So... I did not remember that they morph naked. They don't morph naked. They mor- They can only morph things that are skin tight. So they wear, like, leotards or, you know, bike shorts <laughs> and whatever underneath their regular clothes. Uh, but their baggier clothes are just in a pile on the floor. So Jake, In a dressing room at, like, a clothing store. Yeah, so Jake, being the last one in, he picks up all the clothes and puts them in a bag and takes them out into the mall and stores them in a coin locker. I have no idea how he got all of these clothes out of the gap without it looking like he was shoplifting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like... They don't address that at all. They're like, his clothes get left behind in the dressing room, but it's less suspicious than five separate pairs of clothes. And I'm like, yeah, but how does he get out of there with all those clothes? Does he buy them? I don't know. <laughs> and then and uh, then he goes back to the dressing room and morphs and leaves his clothes there? Yeah. Wow. He just leaves his clothes there. And like, it's fine because it's only one set of clothes. I don't, I don't know why okay. they feel this way. At least he has a unitard. At least he has a unitard. <laughs> okay. He's really zardozing it up. <laughs> um, so they all sneak into the next dressing room, which is the secret entrance, and they just wait for a controller to come in and open the secret passage. And I also wrote a note here, which is, good thing no one else ever has to try on clothes at the Gap. Because <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> Almost immediately, someone comes in and sneaks into the Yurk pool through that secret passage. <laughs> so they just follow them in in their roach bodies and then, you know, let the controller get a little bit ahead of them because they don't, they're not trying to get stepped on. Now they're just in the Yurk pool. Uh, 
and they can't see very well in their roach bodies, but they remember from their last time in the Yurk Pool that there are some sort of like buildings and warehouses and sheds kind of around the edges of the cave, the big underground cave where the Yurk Pool is. So they're like, yeah, we're, we're going to head towards there. They smell french fries, uh, and they realize there's probably some sort of cafeteria for people, for like the humans and whoever to, to just chill and eat oh, while they're nice. down there. I don't... I don't know if that's for the voluntary house. I mean, it's it later. It's clear that it's all controllers in there. I don't know why they're just chilling down there once they've done their York pool thing. Is there a? It line? sounds like a know. nice place to hang out. Yeah, <laughs> I I love an underground cafeteria full of alien monsters. That with French fries. Anyway, with French yeah, fries. Yeah, you're focusing on the wrong part. With French fries, like that's <laughs> yeah. that's where it's at. Free French fries. So, so they go to the cafeteria. They go they go to the smell of French fries. They're all roaches. They're doing great. And then they see like this weird column in front of them, and they realize it's the leg of a taxon. Do you remember what taxons are, both of you? Is that the knife things? No, those are Hork-Bajir. Then no. A taxon is is like an enormous centipede, gross, uh, the size of a grown man, like gross. You, and and covered in little legs that are like little spikes and a big round mouth at the top of its head, surrounded by four eyes that look like uh, red jello. Oh, uh, the other thing, the other thing about a taxon that we find out right now is it has a very long, sticky tongue, and it likes to eat bugs. Ugh. So it shoots out its very long, sticky tongue very fast and gets all of them. And they are all (laughs) stuck to the tongue and being swallowed by the taxon. And then they all demorph. No. Do you have any other suggestions for how they can get out of this one? They thought speak him. (laughs) No. They, like, fuck with his uvula and make him throw up. No. I can't believe you didn't know. You, You can't figure this one out. Obviously, time freezes. <laughs> time freezes, and imme- they're all stuck to the tongue in midair, you know, like, as the tongue is being slurped back towards the taxon's mouth, and then they all start demorphing, against their will, without trying it, uh, and they all demorph. So I was and right they- that they all demorph. You were she right that they right. all demorph, but that's, that's, not their, that's not how they get out of it. They get out of it because time froze. Who Ugh, can whatever. freeze time, and we're just now finding out about it? This is this is probably the stranger. The stranger's freezing time. Axe cannot freeze time, and Jessica is correct. Oh, so I just thought the title was meaningless again. Yeah, <laughs> like the like it was in the Predator. The Predator. Yeah. No, it, so it wasn't meaningless. Lobster. Remember, lobsters were the Predator. Lobsters are predators. predators. That's true. <laughs> it was so important. <laughs> and bears are strangers. Important. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. Bears are also predators, so I don't know why. Anyway, um, so they they are in a cafeteria. They see all these humans and Hork-Bajir and whatever frozen like mid bite, and they're like, "What is going on? Everything is frozen except us." And so they go out into the main yurt pool area, and everything out there is frozen too, except for one person who walks towards them, who they realize is human Tobias. <gasps> what? And- uh, it's Tobias, but as a human. And he says he was just flying, and then now he's here, and human, and he doesn't understand what's happening. And then they hear a voice talking to them, 
because uh, because they're like, what is this? Is this some yerk trick? What's going on? And Axe is like, no, this is beyond the yerks. It's even beyond the Andalites. And they hear this voice that's like, humility from an Andalite? In- like, I, I don't know, something like interesting or impossible or whatever. Or this is a momentous occasion. Anyway, uh, Axe freezes with fear, not with time stopping. And <laughs> then this man appears, this old man who's like glowing blue. And he's like, Axe Escareth Isthil has, has already <laughs> deduced what I am. And Axe says, Elemist. Uh, Axe explains that the Elemists are basically these all-powerful assholes who can see and know everything, and they like to fuck with people. It's Q. Sure. Yeah. Sounds uh, like Q. Um, right? Yes. That's definitely I re- Q. I understand that reference. <laughs> Star Trek. Star Trek. With it. Star Trek. Yeah. Q. Yeah, like never, Q never from mind. Star Trek. For, forget I said anything. <laughs> Q from... from Cue from James Bond, who makes all the fun gadgets. <laughs> Listen, this was my sci-fi outlet as a kid. I never watched Star Trek. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, they're basically all powerful assholes. And uh, the Elemis says that it that he's appeared there to help to have these animorphs decide the fate of the human race. Jeez, no pressure. Yeah. Um, he says that humans are doomed. The Yerks are, are going to win. They're, it, they're screwed. Um, and the Elemis are not allowed to interfere. But in situations like this, they are allowed to step in and save a small portion of the human race. So they, and since the kids are the only humans who know what's going on, they're the ones who have to decide. <laughs> and they'll be, if, if they say, Yes, we accept your offer. They'll immediately be transported to a new planet with their families and with a, you know, a selection of other humans and other species for a good genetic sampling and whatever. Uh, and if they say no, they'll immediately back be back to being a taxon's lunch. They'll be back to where they were before time stopped. Uh, so everyone starts arguing about it. The Elemist explains why he wants to save Earth and he, like, takes them to all these different... He, he transports them to all these different places and shows them, like, a coral reef and other stuff i didn't mark any of that i was just like yeah he shows them some beautiful shit so wait but Um, he's not trying to save earth right he's just trying to save these certain people yeah so why Uh, is he like don't you want to save earth yeah he's just explaining why why earth is worth saving i guess and why they need to save any part of it but that does actually come back up later so i'm glad you're paying attention katie jessica try harder (laughs) (laughs) You know, if this is what you're going to be about, I don't need to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, you're right. I was just really excited that Katie got that, even though it kind of ruined my prestige at the end. But. Well, there you go. I was trying not to do the crosstalk and ruin your prestige, so... I love the crosstalk. Whatever. <laughs> um, so they all start arguing about whether or not to take the deal. Uh, Cassie is on the side of taking the deal, and she's like, if... They know everything, and they know that humans are doomed. Then isn't it better to save a few of us than to save nothing? And she's like, I, you know, I, I rescue animals, and, and they don't know that I'm helping them, and they'll fight me, even though, you know, I'm trying to save them. And everyone else votes no. And while they're arguing, Rachel notices Jake and Marco noticing a drop shaft over at the edge of the cave area. 
Um, and a drop shaft is basically a magic elevator. It's just like a tube and you think where you want to go and it takes you up or down that many floors. Hmm. So, uh, and they already knew what that was or they just... They, they were, they used one in book five on the mothership when they were escaping. Oh. Yeah. This, these books build on stuff. Okay. Can't so, see that. Yeah. <laughs> I may not have explained it very well, but I've definitely said the word drop shaft to you before. <laughs> uh, so they say, no, thank you, Elemist. We're not going to take your, d-. and then they're back in their roach bodies being eaten by a taxon. Mm. And so... Yes, Jessica, you're correct. They demorph. Uh, they they begin demorphing in the taxon's stomach. The taxon is not pleased with this. Mm. And as they demorph, they begin to suffocate because they're all squished together in the taxon and growing and being horrible. And it's disgusting. And then Axe is like, I have my tail. Should I? And Jake is like, yes, obviously. And he slices the taxon open from the inside and they basically explode out of it like monsters gross uh and they're in the cafeteria and everyone is frozen but this time with shock because you don't expect that like (laughs) maybe you don't maybe you don't (laughs) and then (laughs) and then they uh jake is like run for the drop shaft and they start to run and uh one of the controllers is like get them or visitor three is gonna like you know be super pissed that's exactly how he says it too. He gets he trails off towards the end. <laughs> I'm sure. He gets real. Get them or Visitor 3 is going to like, you know, like he'll be upset and shit. Whatever. I'm going back to my french fries. <laughs> That's what he says in the book. It was really it was a really long lot of And everybody's like, "Oh, you okay? <laughs> you okay, buddy?" Two of them go to comfort that controller and the rest go to fight. <laughs> yeah. So uh Axe and Rachel get stuck behind... Uh, Tobias is back to being flying in the air, presumably. Like, he's not with them anymore. That should be clear. Oh, okay, yeah. Because every, everything went back to the way it was. Uh, so Cassie, Marco, and Jake make it to the drop shaft, but some hork warriors get between them and Rachel and Axe. Uh, and so Rachel morphs into the grizzly bear, and Jake sees what's happening. Rachel's like, go! And he's like, no! And he morphs into a tiger and comes Ugh. back, and they fight their way through... Uh, Rachel goes into a rage and basically blacks out and she only snaps out of it when she's in the drop shaft and Jake is screaming at her to demorph because she's out of control and she realizes that as a bear she's swiping and trying really hard to kill the tiger that's 15 feet above her in the drop shaft. Mm. So she demorphs and uh, they come out near a water tower. That's one of the many exits from the Yerk Pool. I don't know why so many of the entrances and exits to the York Pool are like stairs or ramps, and then one of them is just like an elevator. Mm. Can't they all be like that? Seems like they should all just be elevators. It seems like all mm. of them should just be elevators. Uh, anyway, so the the next day, Rachel skips school, obviously, because Makes sense. the she she knows the world is doomed. Like that's pretty bad. <laughs> What's even the point of anything anymore, right? She goes flying. Uh, when they meet up at the barn after school, they realize that she flew there. Uh, and Jake starts yelling at her for being reckless, for for acquiring the grizzly bear without taking anyone with her for backup, for you trying the morph for the first time in the yerk pool and going into a complete rage where she could have killed any of them, mm. uh, for skipping school all day just to go flying when she could have been like spotted. 
you know, things like that. And Rachel admits that she's scared. Uh, She's got a really good line. I'm not going to read it all, but like, but she, she tells them about her dad trying to, uh, tell asking her to move in with them and she's like but now everyone's going oh just come live with me and we'll go to ball games and hey forget moving to another state we have a whole other planet for you and the more exits i see the more scared i get all right i like rachel's voice in this one i guess mm. is why i took so many quotes um marco decides that if rachel's scared he's gonna change his vote to yes for the elemist oh the elemist when he put them back in their roach bodies is like if you survive i'll ask you one more time so they know that he's gonna ask them again um, so Cassie and Marco vote yes. Tobias and Jake are still voting no. Axe will go with whatever Prince Jake decides. <laughs> and then <laughs> Rachel gets ready to speak and the Elemis voice uh, appears to them again and says, I will show you what you need to understand. And then they're transported again to the future. So now they're in the future. Uh, some notable changes. The school is gone. It's destroyed. They see like a skeleton draped over a desk in one of the classrooms uh they go into the city and they see the mall which is now a taxon hive just covered in these six foot wide holes that the taxons are crawling in and out of and having just a field day gross all the highways are abandoned because there's this new super fast elevated tube train system uh a bunch of buildings in the center of town have been wiped out and replaced with the biggest yerk pool ever it's the size of four football fields. Also, all York pools are measured in football fields. I don't know if you knew that, but <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. every book, all York pools are measured in football fields. Um, the tallest building in town is still there, but the top two floors have been replaced with a glass dome. Probably not important. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> so the Animorphs are like, oh, God, what are we going to do? This is, this is what the future looks like when the Yerks win. And, oh, Tobias is there and human again with them. Uh... And then they're like, wait a second, all humans are controllers right now, so we don't need to do anything. We're human, they'll just assume that we're controllers. So Axe morphs into a human so he can blend in. Uh, they're near the Yerk pool, and someone bumps into Rachel, and Rachel says, excuse me, really, like, sassy. And the woman turns around and starts, and is like, excuse me? Who are you? What is your name? What is your rank? And Tobias is like, her name isn't your concern. His name is your concern. And he points at Axe, he's like, because his name is Visor 3. So Axe demorphs into an Andalite mm. to save them from the lady, from the controller lady who wanted to know who Rachel was. It feels like maybe that would cause more problems than fewer, but, uh, so she's like, you said Visor 3, but Visor 1 is the only Yerk with an Andalite body, so obviously in the future Visor 3 gets promoted. Mm. Makes sense. And then a bug fighter comes down and the real Visor 3... Visor one uh, arrives with a human, and sh- and the human steps out of the ship, and she says, "Hi, Rachel." And Rachel says, "Hi, Rachel," because mm. it's Rachel from the future who is uh, a controller. Mm. And she and she says, "I you know I knew exactly where and when you would be because I was where you are right now, and I you were being you know the Elemis brought you here so that you could make a choice." And Rachel's like, "Well, what choice did we make?" And she's like, "Obviously the right one." Um. But they realize that something is wrong because Visor 3... I'm just going to keep calling him Visor 3. It's too confusing otherwise. Visor 3 is like, she told me that you six humans, you five humans and one Andalite would be here. And through like some little clues, they're like, wait a second, this isn't the way it was supposed to go, is it? Like, 
things have changed, things are different, which means this future is not set. And also, you can't kill us without potentially changing the past. And once they realize that, Rachel morphs into a grizzly bear and tackles Visor 3. You nice. can't have her killed because it might change the future. Uh, but before she can kill him, she's suddenly back to the present and human. Uh, and she's like, well, screw that. Like, if, if we're doomed like that and the future me is a controller, I'm changing my vote to yes. Elemis, take us to our new world. But nothing happens. Mm. So they go to school the next day and it's like, you know, normal. Uh, normal school day. Which is very weird for all of them because they were expecting to be on a new planet right now. And Cassie and Rachel talk it out and they realize that the Elemis didn't want them to say yes. He, the, the, the way that he stopped time in the Yurk pool but didn't reveal himself until they had walked out into the main pool was because he wanted them to see the drop shaft so that mm. they would know how to escape. And he didn't whisk them away to a new world when they said yes, because that wasn't the answer that he really wanted. So they try to figure out what he really wanted. And he wants they can't. them to save Earth. He wants them to save Earth. That's why he showed them all the things about how beautiful Earth is, instead of just saying, I want to save some humans. Good job, Jessica. Katie, try harder. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that night, Rachel has a dream and wakes up knowing where the Candrona is. So she gathers everyone in Cassie's barn. It's like 3 a.m. And she says, that super tall building that in the future has a dome on top of it, that must be where the Candrona is. It must be on those top two floors. And that's why instead of like, because there's lots of empty spaces, they could have built that huge yurk pool. Why would they have to clear out all the buildings in the center of town to build it? It's because that's where the first yurk pool was. And that's where the Candrona is. Mm. And it's like a, a religious place for them. Almost. So they know where the Yurk, or they know where the Kendrona is, and they know from Axe that it can be pretty big, like the size of a car. So they know where it is, and they're like, "This is great." So, what would be the next logical step in that? I'm asking you two, my friends. I guess to destroy the Kendrona Ray thing. I would okay. first morph into a cockroach. Okay, let me tell you why. No. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Morph into a cockroach, make a super not noticeable single file line of cockroaches, uh-huh. and then you just go right up there. Oh. And then that you, makes sense. That's you take it apart with your little cockroach hands. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. So, what you're, so, Katie, what you're saying is that you would plan something out for a good way to get into the building and then dismantle the Candrona. Is, is <laughs> that mean, what you're I saying? Guess, yeah. Yeah. But, Jessica, what, how would you, how did you say you were going to do it? Uh, like, figure out the best way to get there and destroy the thing making the Candrona rays. Okay, good, good. Here's what they do. Um, it's 3 a.m. They just They just, out like, go they, running in, right? They, they just, just go, go running there. in blind. Yeah. What they do course. is they just go there yep. <laughs> and go into Battle Morph, is what they do. Wait, That's what? how they do it. No. They just go to the building. They're outside the building and they all morph into their Battle Morphs. Yep, of course they do. And then Marco, as a gorilla, goes up to the glass door and, like, taps on it with his big gorilla finger. And the one guard in the lobby of that building, like, comes up to the glass, befuddled. And Marco, in thought speak, says, Hi, I just came from a masquerade party and I was looking for Visor 3. 
And then the guard's eyes go wide, and he goes, and a light! And, and Mark is like, oh good, so you are a controller, that makes it so much simpler, and he punches through the glass and knocks the guard out. Oh. Now, I've also written a note on this one, which is, how does no one realize these kids are human? Like, along with all the stupid mistakes that they make, what Andalite would say that? Like, right? Also, why would the guard not be a controller? Like, in what world are they having, like, they're recruiting controllers, but they don't get, like, everybody working in the main building? I mean, it's like a 60-story office building. I guess. So weird. What's this plan? It's, yeah, that's the beginning of the plan. Then they uh, go to the elevator, the freight elevator, which can hold up to three of them at a time. So since <laughs> so Jake... Two of them have to wait. Yeah. So Jake, Marco, and Rachel, who have the most firepower, being a bear, a tiger, and a gorilla, go in first. And for some reason, Rachel is the one who has to press the button for the top floor. <laughs> Even though they have a gorilla, <laughs> there's a gorilla there. Uh, anyway, and the other two are just down at the bottom, like do 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 do. Yeah, there's there's a brief uh, elevator chat that's kind of funny. I didn't, I don't think I highlighted it though because I was too busy being befuddled, <laughs> being completely confused about why this was the plan. <laughs> I mean, but uh, obviously so- it works because this is the last book, right? funny story it's not oh well um so they go in and they fight off some human and some hork guards that are on that floor uh and then you know cassie and and axe get up there in the second load from that from that elevator and they go through another door and inside are eight hork warriors oof and there's five of them and then a hork is basically a walking weapon basically they have no chance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so Rachel rushes in. Mm-hmm. Of course. <laughs> she says, later everyone thought she was being brave, but the truth is, bears don't have very good eyesight. Animal fact. We're getting two per episode now, just so you all know. Great. <laughs> I don't know how long I can keep that up. Uh, and she thought they were humans. So she wasn't no brave, way. she was just blind. So now they're fighting... They fight. Uh, one of the Hortbajir gets thrown out a window, which allows Tobias to come into the fight. Uh, <laughs> Good. What it, I imagine the hawk is what really turns the tide against these <laughs> I giant I can't believe weapons. they didn't get the hawk in that elevator. Feels yeah. Like a opportunity. <laughs> also a great point. <laughs> so he flies in and that turns the tide. Um, the surviving Hortbajir run away and the rest are unconscious. Then they go through another door and they see the Candrona and they all demorph. They're all exhausted. Mm-hmm. There was, there's also, uh, like, Rachel's arm got cut off and Marco was fighting while holding his own, sl- holding his organs in from his sliced stomach. Like, they all took a lot of damage in that battle. Mm-hmm. And obviously, demorphing will fix that because it's from DNA. But that's something that stays with you, like, in your brain. Yeah. And heart. I mean, not your physical heart, but your emotional heart. Your guts that were just outside of your body. Yeah. <laughs> um, I see the Candrona. It's an enormous kind of cylinder tapered at both ends. And uh, Rachel morphs into an elephant and pushes it out the window. 60 stories to crash on the ground below. And then demorphs 
And then they hear the Elemis voice again. And he says, there's another, there's a replacement Candrona on its way. It was already on its way before this. It'll be here in three weeks. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so Mark was like, what the hell? So you're saying this is all a waste? And Axe was like, no, three weeks with only the Candrona on the mothership? That's going to hurt them a lot. This, is, this wasn't a waste. They're going to be, they're going to be suffering. And the Animorphs don't see evidence of that, but Rachel hints that that's a, that they find out later that they did co- do them severe damage with this act. But that's a story for another day. Oof. And then the B-plot res- concludes with her dad moving away and she doesn't move in with him. The end. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot to conclude the B-plot before. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that, well. that was basically it. She decides not to move away because she's got to fight the Yerks some more. Um, hmm. yeah, okay. So, what did you think? Uh, it's good. Jessica was pretty close on the, uh, on what happens in this book. I usually am. They meet someone who knows what's going on, and he helps or hurts them. Eventually, though, mark my words, Rachel's just gonna spend a day doing bear things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. You know they have to do... You know they can only stay on a morph for two hours and they've got forever, right? Yeah, but I mean, like, every oh, couple hours she hour. comes out of it, grabs a coffee, go back in. Yeah. Go back in, more bear stuff. <laughs> she just bears around more. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag just bear things. Just bear things. I, I do feel like we're about ready for a special episode of Animorphous Discussion where you just make up an entire book. <laughs> because I feel like at this point we've got enough of, like, the formula for what happens. Like, clearly if I'm able to guess... Like, from a two-word title, one of which is the... Yeah. (laughs) Like, I feel like we've got enough information on the formula here that you... And, like, frankly, I'm still... I'm not entirely convinced still that, like, that beginning part wasn't you just making shit up, because that doesn't... The international elephant. Like, I'm not over that part. I I swear to the Council of Thirteen, that is... Just stop. (laughs) <laughs> what I'm saying is, like, I feel like at this point you could we could do an entire episode of you making up an Animorphs book, and I would believe you that it's a real Animorphs book, because it would sound just as real as the rest of them. Yep. That's fair. And I I'm wouldn't even gonna... know it was a special episode until the very end, when you said, not... like, and all of that was made up. You're like, <laughs> it was JK. all a dream. Yeah. Ha! <laughs> ah. Uh, there's a book it, pretty late in the series that's from Jake's perspective that when I read it, I thought I had just made it up. Like, <laughs> it's that completely out of nowhere and I wild. can't wait to get to that one. It's very late in the series. It, it might be one of Jake's last books, so. Remind me how many books there are in the series? In the main series, there are 54 books. Oof. Okay. And I think, like, oh. six or seven, six or seven, like, side books. So it's, like, way too early to be talking about this, but I feel like once we get through all, you know, 50, however many you just said, of these books... Why you the- don't listen when I talk to you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've, I mean, I feel like now who's the one who's not listening because i've told you several times that i don't listen when you talk so that you're just now realizing it also says a lot about you i've been very upfront about who i am as a person yeah that's fair go on i'm sorry for interrupting so after we get through all of these books i feel like Mm -hmm. the next step for this podcast as a series is for you to then like restart and go back to book one and see just like to see how much of it we remember 
Or maybe so, we do them all drunk that time and see how much we remember. Oh, oh my like god. That. Drunk, drunk animorphs. Yeah. That would be pretty fun. We'll see. Yeah, it's, we'll way s- too, it's way too early to be thinking about this, but just a thought that I had. Or, or after I f- read all the books, then we can um, watch every episode of the TV series and do oh, yeah. drunk. We definitely have to do that. Yeah, I feel like yeah. we should be doing those like in between. Yeah, we can't wait till later for that. Yeah. <laughs> like, as soon as we get through however many books the the series covers, we've got to just, like, watch the TV show. Because yeah, there's no, no way it covers all the books. No, Like, that shit doesn't. got canceled before it ended. I'm positive. I need to figure out how many books each season covers. Yeah. But I'll figure that out later. Uh, we've also got a special episode coming up. Yeah, we do. The first Megamorphs book, which I obtained completely legally. Okay, it's weird that you have to say it like that. Com- Wait, what? Jessica. It- Jessica, it was completely legal. Like, don't okay. even... I don't know why you're making a big deal out of this. Should I ask what is... Yeah. What Megamorphs is? Yes. Okay. What oh, is- it's the one that's written by all of their perspective at once. I mean, not at once. They alternate chapters. Yeah, you know what I meant. It's it's not just, like, them all talking It's over not each written other. in, like, third person. It's... Like it's each one, like each chapter is a new kid instead of each book being a new kid. Correct. And it all. I was trying to participate, story. Robin, because you're always asking me to participate more, <laughs> and you're just gonna be rude about it. I'm gonna keep not participating. I'm sorry, Jessica. You're right. So for that one, Robin should probably write an outline and then send us each just a section of the outline that we have to read. I was, you know, I was considering just explaining one-third of the book to each of you (laughs) like to you and jessica and and amber and then have you all sort of explain it back to me oh yeah (laughs) that the best part of that is that it would be entirely bonkers for the person for the people who got like sections two and three because they'd be like i don't know how we got to this point like i don't know any of the things that you're referencing here (laughs) you don't think it'd be completely bonkers for the person who got section one (laughs) I mean, it would be completely bonkers for all of it, but, like, the most bonkers for two and three. Yeah. Anyway, that's coming up. Stay tuned for that. More questions now, please, to give to me. Oh, about the book? Yeah. That you just explained? Okay. (laughs) I don't know why you're suddenly confused about the format of this podcast seven episodes in. I, I do have a question. What yeah. were some of the other, like, segments that we originally were doing for the show? Because I feel like we had a lot originally, and we haven't been keeping up with all of them. Hang on, I have a notepad file called Recurring Bits. There was one see. that was um, a young adult, uh, like, tropes. tropes yeah. Kid ensemble superhero tropes. Yeah, what were the kid ensemble tr- superhero tropes for this book? Uh, well, Rachel is reckless. That's... I mean, she's sort of like the gung-ho. She makes me think of Aquaman in the Batman, the Brave and the Bold. Do you ever watch that series? No. no. Oh, man, he was he was the best. There's this one part where he's talking to the Atom and, on the phone, and the Atom shrinks down and the, like goes through the phone and comes out there. And he's like, how did you do that, friend? And he explains that there's some sort of tachyon thing. And, and Aquaman's like, ha ha ha, tachyons, eh? Splendid! And just, <laughs> he's very gung-ho. But actually, in this book, Rachel reveals a lot more of her fears and insecurities. So from mm. the inside, I wouldn't call her 
Aquaman from The Brave and the Bold. Did we get any um, advancing of the romantic plot between Rachel and Tobias? Uh, let me think. Because Rachel does go to visit Tobias uh, first every night when she needs to get out of her house. That's where she goes, is to chill and chat with Tobias and Mm. talk out her problems with him. But as far as romance... Well, when human Tobias appears in the Yerk pool the first time, she runs up to him to hug him, and he freaks out and starts trying to flap away, because he's still got his hawk instincts. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. He tried to flap away. But there's not anything really overtly romantic in this one. Okay. So did we cover all the segments that we normally cover? I could have sworn there was more than that. The only other one I had written was Animal Fact. Hmm. Listeners, is there a segment we're forgetting about? I mean, I feel like I've added a lot of new segments. The making making you all tell me what the story's going to be about based only on the title. Mm-hmm. Um, I brought back the segment where we look at the cover and all freak out about it. <laughs> mm. Which I enjoy. That's a good segment. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk more about how Jake got all those clothes out of the gap without it looking like he was shoplifting, because that's the one that really got me. See, that's the one that, like, doesn't surprise me at all, because Jake's white, right? That's true. He's a little white boy, right? He is a little white boy. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's fair. Because, I mean, bet money, if it was Cassie trying it, they would have stopped her. Mm. Too real. Yeah. So, next topic. Okay. Uh, I can talk (laughs) more about... The elephant police and the idea of there being <laughs> elephant police. I, I can't imagine what else you might have to say about the elephant police. Um, what, where do you think the elephant police central office is? <laughs> do you think because it's like the an international? Of elephants? Yeah. Uh, well, it depends. African or Asian elephants? I mean, Rachel is an African elephant, but the other elephants that were in that pen were Asian elephants. Mm. African so elephants are in Asia then. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I guess that doesn't, that's not necessarily true, because I was just going by the most elephants in this book, but let's see Tell- what Google has to say. Where are <laughs> the most so elephants? Google, where are all the elephants? <laughs> I googled where are the most elephants. Okay. Where are the most elephants? <laughs> I'm gonna Google where are elephants that are the most. <laughs> gonna love gonna... elephant facts. I'm just gonna Google <laughs> where elephants. Here we go. Basic facts about elephants. Oh god. There are African bush elephants and African forest elephants. Habitat loss is one of the key threats facing elephants. Oh, no, maybe instead of oh. Maybe instead of animal facts, we should do, like, animal education. You know, more like how you can save these animals. Mm. Elephants form deep family bonds and live in tight matriarchal family groups of related females called a herd. Anyway... I don't know. I don't. I don't know where the elephant police headquarters is, but I bet all the elephants do, and they're never gonna forget it. <laughs> uh, That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, I thought so. Adult males enter a state of increased testosterone known as musth. I'm sorry, you cut out there. No, known as what? Musth. Musth. 
I guess you didn't cut out there. It, it just it sounds like half it, a word. It just does sound like half a word. <laughs> I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but it's M-U-S-T-H. I mean, that sounds like must. <laughs> I think it's pronounced must, maybe? Um, according so to they the... are the ones that are the must. <laughs> according to the Wikipedia page for for this phenomenon, it's pronounced must. That hey, is where... the like international phonetic transcription says must. Where can I find the must elephants? <laughs> also, must looks disgusting. Oh, wait, wait, what? Why? Because they was... like they like secrete something while they're uh, like mind. experiencing must. Yeah, don't look it up because it's like a weird thing on the side of their faces, and it's not okay. And I can't look away from it. Okay, hang on, let me look. I feel like I'm watching one of those uh, like pimple popper videos, but like before the pimple has popped. Oh my god! Okay, I've got to get out of here. This is disgusting. It's like a weird boil that just pours out goo. Yeah, elephants. They're one of nature's most beautiful creatures. This is a Except picture of an elephant. Must. This is a picture of an elephant on top of another elephant. I'm gonna close this page. <laughs> uh, cool. So, what did you think of the animorphs' plan there at the end? What plan? Like, where they yeah, were like, like hey, I yeah. know where the Candrona is right now and where it's been this entire time. Yeah, so that wasn't we definitely, plan. We definitely have time to think of a plan to go and destroy it. And then they just go there and just do it without spying it out or anything. Yeah, that's not... That's not they should even... have all died, right? That should have been what happened yeah. in this book. Yeah. All of them die. For sure, for sure. And then, like... Book eight is just Tobias flying around in circles, grieving. Hey, you know, if I'm flying in circles, uh, mm-hmm. there's a way that I can get cheap flights. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. That is mean, fascinating. It's through our friends over at The Sharing. I've told you all about The Sharing, right? Yeah, I think I think you've mentioned the sharing once or twice before. Tell me more about it. It's just they a have, great they place have flights? where great people get together and you make connections <laughs> there. You get cheap flights. I know people now that work at United, American Airlines, <laughs> etc. Wow, that sounds awesome. Is that like a posted benefit of the sharing? Or are you just talking about like networking? Like through the sharing, you can network. And meet people who can give you perks on stuff. Uh, both, all of it. Both are good. Yeah, all of the, all of that at the same time over at the sharing. Um, and you awesome. can find out more about the sharing at jointhesharing.org. Oh, awesome! I'm gonna check out jointhesharing.org. You and use look code for branches near me. Tobias for cheap cheap flights in your area. <laughs> <laughs> cheap flights in circles. Yeah, it's only round trips. And if you've got a sharing story that you would like to share with us, tweet at us with the hashtag for humans like us. Because I would love to hear your sharing stories and uh, we might read them on the show. Yeah. You know, if they're good. Yeah. <laughs> Jessica, you doing okay? You sounded like maybe you were having some trouble with that. <laughs> last ad break you okay uh it was just really good i'm just really excited about the sharing yeah <laughs> i love just the sharing. like 
yeah, Katie's excitement about the sharing just like really, really got to me. Yeah, I just I get sort it. of picked you up and flew away with you. I get it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like the flights that you can get through the sharing <laughs> by meeting people who work at United. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you like this show, uh, like us on iTunes. Give us a rating. I haven't. I don't know how the iTunes system works. Subscribe like, and, yeah. Subscribe, rate, review, uh, tell your friends about us, and just generally be happy that we exist and let that radiate through you to the people that you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> At your next sharing meeting, talk about this, this show, you know, see, pass the link around, print up some business cards that say jointhesharing.org on them, hand those <laughs> out to people. That would be great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hang on, I'm gonna look for some business card uh, coupon codes. I'm gonna um, make us T-shirts that say "International Elephant Police." <laughs> Please, yes. Please, Please do. Yes. I will wear it everywhere. Uh, join the sharing org. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can like us, or you can follow us on Facebook uh, at BTA Podcast or on Twitter at BTA Podcast. Tweet at us. Tell us your sharing story. And other stuff. Check out the other shows that we have on Bitch Team Alpha. A new episode of Bitches and Liches just came out on the day that we're recording this, which made me very happy. I was actually talking to someone at lunch today uh, and telling her about podcasting. And I was like, oh, yeah, we have this, you know, this thing called Bitch Team Alpha. And I pulled up my podcast app and I'm like, oh, shit, the new Bitches and Liches is out. (laughs) (laughs) I got very excited. I forgot that it came out, that it was Tuesday. Basically, I forgot what day it was. That's very and exciting. I was very, I was very excited for new bitches and witches. I love Same. it. I mean, I was I was there when we recorded it, but I like hearing the finished product. Me too. They're pretty fun. They're so much fun and so great to listen to. Uh, so yeah, listen to that. Listen to the other stuff on our network. We've also got written content. You can support us on Patreon, or you can just go to jointhesharing.org and support the sharing because that supports us in our hearts mm-hmm. and our wallets. That's all I've got. Do you two have anything else that you wanted to add? Mm, I don't think so. Cool. All right. Another long episode. (laughs) Bitch team out. Bitch team out. Bitch team out. Bitch team out.